0: you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you.
1: Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, in today's episode, we're going to hear from people who need both of what you just heard about there, both people who need just a tune-up, and people who need a complete overhaul. I'm going to title today's episode, Fear Will Kill Your Dreams. Now, we've talked a lot about fear and negativity recently, and I don't want to just get hung up on what's not positive, because there's so much positive that's taking place out there. So much good stuff. We're going to hear a lot about that as well. But We also have fear raising its ugly head, in a lot of different places. We'll look at that a little bit as well. Our sponsor today is Casper. Casper, you can get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash sleep you love. That's our new promo code, sleep you love. Just go to casper.com, sleep you love. It'll take you right to our 48 days page there. Hey, this is the this is the mattress that people rave about when they come to the the Miller Plantation here. I'll tell you a little bit more about that coming up. We've got people today from Cyprus, the Netherlands, England, Canada, Brazil, Germany. We'll get people from a lot of different areas around the world today. So get ready, grab your pen and paper. If you want to take notes, we'll be giving you some resources. We'll put some links in the show notes as well to help you keep up with some of the great content we're going to be covering today. Well, here's some of the things we're going to be talking about. Somebody says, My coffee bag resume landed six interviews and now my dream job. Hey, I can't wait to tell you about that. Dan, how did you handle the financial losses that were left in the wake of the bad business decisions? (laughs) You know, force me to talk about that again. Not a problem. I'll talk about that. Dan, I'm not in this for the money. Well, I'll tell you where that leads you. If you're not in for the money, that may not be a happy ending. Uh, Can I turn my love for genealogy into a business? Dan, I'm a 29-year-old Brazilian currently living in Germany, and I'm lost. And somebody says, I feel like I have nothing to look forward to in life. I'm 41 years old and feel like I should have accomplished more. Well, our quotation for today comes from Pope John 23rd, who said, consult not your fears, but your hopes and your dreams. Now there's more, but I want us to park just there for a little bit. Consult not your fears, but your hopes and dreams. Now those two don't work together. Fear will kill your hopes and dreams. It'll make you forget about them. Make you they'll be blunted over, numbed, so they don't come to mind anymore. Now that continues. Consult not your fears, but your hopes and dreams. Think not about your frustrations, but about what your unfulfilled potential is. Concern yourself not with what you tried and failed in, but with what is still possible for you to do. That's where we're going to go. Now, there was a piece that showed up this week in 48days.net in that community there that was titled, I Fear the Future. I don't need to share anybody's names, but it was It said, these are scary times. Now, just think about this and think about some of the things that we're hearing right now and where you're hearing them from. But this person said, these are scary times we live in. And I almost feel hopeless like America is over. Obamacare and other things scare me. It seems as if economic activity is slowing down. With the pending conflict between religious and gay rights, I also fear that this country is going to abolish religious freedom. I fear we are the nation mentioned in Revelations, which is going to experience judgment and ultimately fail. In short, I feel like America is almost over. I wonder how you deal with the uncertainty of these times. Now, a lot of people responded to that, and fortunately so for the writer. Uh, I put in a response a couple days ago. I said, I'm confident that if you eliminated listening to talk radio, stopped watching TV, stopped looking at Facebook and never read a newspaper for 30 days, you would see your optimism soar. The negative issues shoved at us because negativism gets ratings give us a very unrealistic view of our country today. Talking to real people about their dreams, seeing my grandchildren experimenting with their entrepreneurial businesses, being involved in my local community and developing areas of beauty, and spending time just enjoying life with Joanne make me more excited about the next 10 years than I've ever been in my life. I don't see that just flipping away. I know there are negative things going on, but I don't think there are more negative things going on than there ever have been in history. Yeah, we hear about them more because of the news media. Take a break, take a fast from news. Get off Facebooks, turn the TV off, stop reading newspapers, and trust me, your optimism is gonna soar because the people that most of you are around on a daily basis. Are positive. They're having fun. They're enjoying life. There's not many people I know who are immersed in the negativism that's represented on TV. Get out of it. Don't believe it. Make a choice that life is good. Now, Lee Flint put a note in there as well that I thought was really significant. He said, consider the words of Stephen Covey in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. In there, Dr. Covey said, instead of reacting to or worrying about conditions over which they have little or no control, proactive people focus their time and energy on things they can control. The problems, challenges, and opportunities we face fall into two areas, circle of concern and circle of influence. Proactive people focus their efforts on their circle of influence. They work on the things they can do something about, their health, their children, problems at work, reactive people focus their efforts on the circle of concern things over which they have little or no control the national debt terrorism the weather gaining an awareness of the areas in which we expend our energies is a giant step in becoming proactive now that's a really important point and a lot of other people jen mcdonald and a lot of others contributed comments in that area where they are saying don't be become obsessed with things over which you have little or no control. I and mean, in working with people and making job changes, I often start there. You know, they talk about how negative the corporate culture is and what an idiot the CEO is. And I'm saying, now look, how much control do you have over those things? Well, really none. Well, why don't we separate out and look at what it is you do have control over? That is whether or not you go back to that place to work tomorrow morning, that you do have control. over. Let's just focus on what you have control over and it can immediately put you in the driver's seat. In the back of, I think it's No More Mondays, No More Dreaded Mondays, in the very back, I've got a quotation that comes from, from a tomb of an Anglican bishop in the cemetery at Westminster Abbey in London, England. Now, we've been there, we've seen that, but this is what it says. It says, when I was young and free and my imagination had no limits, I dreamed of changing the world. As I grew older and wiser, I discovered the world would not change, so I shortened my sights somewhat and decided to change only my country. But it too seemed immovable. As I grew into my twilight years in one last desperate attempt, I settled for changing only my family, those closest to me, but alas, they would have none of it. And now as I lie in my deathbed, I suddenly realize if I had only changed myself first, then by example, I would have changed my family. From their inspiration and encouragement, I would then have been able to better my country. And who knows, I may have even changed the world. Great perspective. Focus on the things where you do have control and you will see your optimism soar. Well, thanks for the comments on there. And you can go check that out if you want to on 48days.net. The title is just simply, I fear the future. You'll find all the discussion going on around that. Well, I want to go right into the success stories. Believe me, it's not all fearful. We got a whole lot of people who are having fun and are optimistic about what's happening right now. Yes, in the economy in the United States or whatever country they happen to be in. Got a lot of them represented today. Greg Gilbert. Says, I saw the value of having a book yesterday. I did a leadership seminar for 15 leaders. And at the end, the company bought every book I had, 20. This was money I've been leaving on the table for years. I'm now in a writing frenzy. Two weeks after finishing my leadership book, I've written a fiction book. I've been writing songs for years, but never thought about writing a fiction book. A friend who is a fiction writer asked me if my songs were fiction or not. They were mostly fiction. I revisited my right to the bank material and pumped out a fiction book titled 50 days of hay, a life changing summer. It's now on Kindle as a pre-launch for $1.99. The right to the right to the bank material lives on Dan's post about writing, speaking and coaching inspired this eight day writing project. Well, thanks Greg for that, for your affirmation of right to the bank, but also for taking initiative and knocking out a couple books, but we got a couple other books here as well. Jim, Hugh says to my 48 days.net family, I'd like to announce the launch of my book. Burnout sucks. How to be wildly creative and live to enjoy it. It's been in the works for several years. And today it launches on amazon.com. I don't have the words to communicate how much Dan Miller Kent Julian, and this wonderful community have meant to me through the entire process. I could not have done it without you as a very small token of my appreciation. I want each of you to have a copy of the book for free. So there's a link, and uh, uh, again, it's a very long URL, obviously. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's Burnout Sucks, How to Be Wildly Creative and Live the Life to Enjoy It. Um, I'll put a link to that. He says through July 19th. You should be hearing this a little bit before that, hopefully, so you can go there and get a copy of Jim's new book free. He says, you guys rock. Well, you rock, Jim. Happy to have you on board. Happy to see what you're doing there. I don't know from Jen McDonald, our group director, our community director at 48days.net. She says, Hey gang, I wanted to let you know about a great webinar. Susie Miller, Nick Pavlidis and I are doing next week. It centers around how to get your spouse on board with your entrepreneurial dreams. After many 5am meeting sessions, the three of us are really excited as we're confident folks are going to walk away with with some valuable tips to take back to their marriage. Would love to have you join us. Um, If you're at able to share in your social networks. Here's a sample post. Are you an entrepreneur who wants to get their spouse on board with their dreams? Now the free webinar that they're doing, and you got time to get involved in this, is at astrongermarriage.com slash signup. Again, that's astrongermarriage.com slash signup. And I'll put a link to that in our notes today. All right. This comes from Michael Hart, who says, I have a success story, sort of. Now check this out. I was working on a book and it seemed that everything was against me, but finally I made myself push through. It may not be all that I wanted it to be, but it is something and it is now published. You may like the title, How to Survive as a Complete Failure. Now that's pretty cute. I went there and looked at it, read the the inside section that's available there. Uh, Pretty cute. How to survive as a failure. You know, I had printed off a page from that. I wanted to read and I did not get it printed. Oh yeah, I did. Here I did. Okay. He says, so the the premise of this book, How to Survive as a Complete Failure, kind of the main line in it is, is, so it has come to this. He says now, If you have failed horribly, you may have gotten this book to indulge in some self-loathing. Maybe a jerk of a brother-in-law got you this book to make a slighted insult, or you read the title and thought, I'm a horrible failure and I want to survive. Well, I hope to reach all of those of you who have had these awful experiences and feelings. This book will not be a snarky one, though there will be some sort of that here and there, but I would rather focus on the recovery, the endurance, the constant pushing to not failing, and perhaps even to become successful. Well, interesting Interesting uh, title, How to Survive as a Complete Failure. I like that. I like those intriguing kind of titles. So go check that out as well. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I got a whole bunch of new books here. Marcy Travis wrote a blog on recruiting millennials. Millennials Want More and Why You Should Too, but talks about the optimism of the millennial crowd and what they're looking for in the workplace. I got one more here I want to share in the success category. This comes from Aaron Killian. He says, Dan, I hope you're doing well. I wanted to follow up with you regarding to my coffee bag resume that I sent you a few years ago. The coffee bag resume did work. Here's my whole story, Dan. Now, I want to read you. I, I've, I've got a copy of the coffee bag resume that he did. He sent me a copy. It's actually been four years ago, so I suspect that coffee may not be too, too great in it, but I'm not a coffee drinker. I just kept it because I was intrigued about the creativity that... Um, Aaron did in putting his resume on a coffee bag. And it literally is. So on the front, it has his picture. It says the perfect blend of, and it has his picture. A perfect blend of energy, creativity, and sales. Uh, I can't read the last word. Can't quite see it. Anyway, he says Killian Coffee Company. He's got their nutrition facts on the back. Serving size, one Aaron Killian. Attributes, creative, self-motivated team player, solid writing, communication, persuasive skills. He goes on qualifications, volunteer and community involvement, education, contact information. That's all in the label on the back of a coffee bag. Now here he goes on with his story. That coffee bag resume did work. Here's the whole story, Dan. That was again, four years ago. I have a degree. And incidentally, when he wrote me that original note, he said he had a blemish. In his employment history, he had taken a job, realized it was a mistake. He had only been there for six years and he was going to get out and get back in the job search again. So he felt like he had a negative, a blemish on his resume, but he was going to go back in and that's what he used was that coffee bag resume that he sent out. It says, I have a degree in broadcasting from University of Tennessee, but straight out of college, I took a job producing educational videos. It was a great J-O-B for four years, but not quite the calling I wanted for my life. Then I took a position as a marketing director with an area nonprofit for about five years, but I always wanted to get in the world of broadcasting. However, I couldn't quite figure out how to get noticed and differentiate myself from the dozens of resumes these media outlets get on a a weekly basis. Then one day after reading 48 Days to the Working Love, I had an idea. I'll slap my face on the front of a coffee bag, put my resume on the back and send it out to area media outlets. Wouldn't you know it worked? Now, keep in mind what he's talking about here. He's talking about presenting himself as a very creative person and contacting very creative companies. So, this is something that works. This may not work if you're looking for an accounting position, they'll think you're crazy. But if it is a creative position, do something creative, you get their attention. He says, In fact, with a little follow up, I received over six interviews because of that coffee bag resume. One media outlet was so impressed that within a week they interviewed me for three different positions within their company. Ultimately, I landed with the number one radio group in the market as they were so impressed with my skills that they created a position for me. After 18 months with them, a local television station took notice of me, approached me about a position with them, and after a handful of interviews, they offered me a position. I've been in my current position about a year. I felt that your book's and strategies inspired me to do things a little differently in my job search, I wouldn't be where I am today without you. How stinking cool is that? And with that, we're gonna bring in, we are the champions. You know, I got a whole bunch of success letters this week. Thanks for those, keep them coming. Love to hear them. Love to hear the things that you all are doing, where you aren't just sitting back, bringing your hands, talking about how bad things are. No. Things get better when you get better. These are great examples of that. If you got a story you want to share, just go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan, and you'll see there a little red star burst where you can submit your story. Be happy to share that in an upcoming show. Or you can just shoot it to me directly at askdan48days.com. We'll bow out there a little queen. All right, this comes from Kyle. Now I'm going to go into some of the challenging questions here. I've read your 48 days to the work you love book. I recently found out that my job of almost five years is being terminated. I make around a hundred thousand plus a year. I've started applying to positions that I'm qualified to do. And I've started calling the human resource directors several days after applying. I've had remarkable feedback from HR directors going ahead and asking me about my background, et cetera. My question is what do I do after I've applied with a cover letter and a resume and I have called several days later and actually have spoken with somebody in the HR department. Thank you so much. Thanks for all your wisdom. Okay. Now what Kyle has done is going through the job search process where he's taken the initiative, to send out information, an introduction letter, then following up, cover letter and resume, and then a phone call. And he said he's talking to a lot of HR directors. They're interested. He's just saying, what should he do next? What you do next, keep contacting them. After you've had that initial phone conversation, you've really opened the door. You've earned the right to keep following up. So ask for an interview and then keep asking. Be persistent. Send them copies of work you've done links to blogs or articles you've written proposals for how you could add value. I mean, special gifts. I mean, nothing's off the table at this point, but do those creative things to keep yourself at what we call top of mind awareness, Toma, top of mind awareness. That's where you want to be. And you do that by doing exactly the kind of things that you're doing here and identifying 30 to 40 companies where you take this kind of initiative and keep in contact with them will get you way better results than putting your resume out on a website where you're hoping a million people will see it. That just doesn't work. Well, Archie Winningham, he's our cheerleader at 48days.net. He welcomes every new member coming in, screens your application, and decides if you can come in or not. I'm delighted to have him in that position. He does a great job in that. He says, Dan, first off, life is good, especially when you are a member of the 48 Days community. Dan, could you touch on some of the reason you are excited all the time? You're always so upbeat and positive. I think I know you well enough that I suspect I already know most of the answers to this, but I love to be reminded. It's exciting, motivating, very inspiring to me, and I know it is for others as well. Brother, keep it rocking. Thanks for everything you do to help others. Well, I am excited and positive all the time. And frankly, I just make the choice to do so. I mean does that mean I mean this morning I walked out and a big limb was down. The guys were just showing up to do the yard work to mow and a big limb was down. And I grabbed that and I drew, pulled it over just so it was on the driveway enough that they could get around it to mow. Did that spoil my day? Not a chance. It gives me a chance to get my little John Deere tractor out here in a little bit and go pick that up and haul it over to my brush pile. I mean I delighted to have an excuse to do that. But I mean, things like that don't get me down. They don't discourage me. I mean, I, I know that I expect good things and guess what? Good things show up day after day after day. It really is a choice. Don't give me this business about, you know, it's my, just my personality. You know, don't give me that Popeye garbage. I am what I am. No, you can choose to be optimistic. You can choose to expect good things. You can choose to expect people to respond positively to you and your work. You can choose to see the good in others. I mean, those are all just choices. And I don't want to just make it seem like some kind of, you know, simplistic positive mental attitude, but in a way it really is. I just, in that way, I've just chosen to be that way. And I don't even come from a family where people are like that. You know, I, I'm different. It's not just that I grew up in an easy kind of environment, had a lot of challenges, but even when things were tough, i've gone through major boo-boos in business i still have that positive kind of attitude you know just recently i think i mentioned i may have that i i was chasing one of my granddaughters i mean we were just having fun at one of the parks and i was chasing her literally just having fun she she can outrun me at this point and i was making it let her know i can still get pretty close to her and i tripped and fell and face-planted on the sidewalk and i mean really face-planted i Torqued my sh- both shoulders. I'm still trying to get back into shape on those, you know, and move things around. It shouldn't have been moved around. And face planted, and I had scar, big scars, big scabs straight down my face, my forehead, nose, upper lip, chin, all the way down. Really looked horrible. That happened on a Wednesday. Well, things got looking worse. Thursday and Friday. By Friday, I really looked like I had. Come out on the wrong end of being in the ring with Rocky, I think. You know, it was funny getting the reaction of people just walking around town, popping into places where I needed to pick up a few things and seeing people divert their eyes away from me, you know, and recognize, wow, what a challenge that would be if I had something like that all the time. But anyway, it was pretty bad on Friday. And I knew that we had a video crew showing up here from Virginia, a complete video crew, four guys with all their equipment on Monday morning. On Friday, I looked really, really rough. On Monday, we started shooting video. Nobody will ever know that what I looked like on Friday. The healing took place so immediate, so quickly, I could not believe it. And neither could anybody else. I've got some pictures to document those five days of when it happened to Monday when we were shooting video. Now, yeah, Joanne put a little makeup on me, but it was pretty slight. There was just a couple places where I had a little bit to cover. And I think the healing took place because of my overall physical condition and because of my optimism, because I expect that even in things like that, I expect good things to happen. Well, let's i, mean, I get a little video or audio yeah, video clip like you're going to pay attention to that here on the podcast. But no, I got a little audio clip that I want to play from Karen in California. Check this out.
2: Hi Dan, which is better, to grow and promote my business and thus stick my neck out and perhaps be a target for the ill-content and jealous, as in getting a fancy wrap on my work vehicle, or to keep a lower profile and fly under the radar? P.S. We are very proud of the quality work that we do in our county. Karen from California.
1: Well, Karen, you did a great setup there. Short, concise question, and I'm sure you are pretty sure of what direction I'm going to go. Is it better to keep your head down, do nothing so that you don't get criticized, or to hold your head high, shoulders back, let the world know what it is that you do, where your greatness is, release that. Well, obviously, I'm going to say, release your greatness. Yes, are you going to get criticized? We've talked about that a lot in the last few weeks. Are you going to get negative comments from people who want you to stay the same place that you are, where your success will embarrass them because they haven't done anything? Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be all around you. But hey, I'm, I'm going to be real brief on this, and I'm going to just give you a quotation from Aristotle, who said, to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. I'm also going to play, you know what? I'm going to grab the the amazing trailer we've got. It's a minute and a half long uh, for the Shawshank event coming up. This really ties in. Should you just stay low and avoid anybody criticizing you or show you get that fancy auto wrap on your Mercedes and drive around town and with a horn blowing so people can see it and know what it is you're doing. Check this out.
2: I know something true about you. You've been called to greatness to create something significant. You've heard that voice in the stillness saying, you are more than what you have become. But you've also faced significant resistance telling you, the passion is fading. Time is passing. Someone else has probably already done it. You don't have the resources. You're not talented enough. You've wanted to give up on your dream, but you can't Shake it from your soul. It's your time to break free. Time to find hope, clarity, and freedom. Time to identify, engage, and overcome the resistance. I have three friends who will show you the way out, just like they've done for so many others. Join Dan Miller, Joanne Miller, and Carrie Oberbrunner at Shawshank Prison and a special little place called Spark Space. Face your prison and then shape your future in this two-day immersion experience that will help you go from prison to plan to pay off. I guess it comes down to a simple choice. Get busy living or get busy dying. Escaping Shawshank experience to help you overcome the resistance and break into the life you've only been dreaming of EscapingShawshank.com
1: ah don't you love it don't you love that line it comes down to this get busy living or get busy dying golly i can't wait for that event incidentally so many of you have contacted me about it and and i love the notes i'm getting for those of you who are going to be there we're going to have an absolute blast uh at that event and if you're if you're on now we're right at the 30 day 30 days out point at this point so i'm going to give you a special code right now we're, i'm not going to promote this you know uh, you're not going to see this on Facebook or blogs or anything, but I'm just going to give it to you, the podcast listeners, right now. If you're on the fence, jot this down. If you go to escapingshawshank.com and put in "freedom 2015," you're going to get a significant discount. You're going to get a $350 discount off of any of the packages you select. Freedom 2015. All right, there it is, over and done. If you've been paying attention. And you've been on a fence about joining us there. There's your chance. Chris says, I remember from a 48 Days to Creative Income product I purchased years ago, you spoke about a couple of businesses you had that failed. How did you handle the financial losses that were left in the wake of the bad business? I admit the business had the appeal of making money, but there's no appeal of the actual work I'm doing in the business. Worst thing about it is I've disappointed friends in the process of operating the business I have to stop the damage. Well, how did I handle the financial losses that were left in the wake of bad business decisions I had made? I I woke up deeply in debt the next morning after just a horrendous experience, but I knew I had two clear options. I could, number one, get a job with a secure salary. I mean, I was very employable, I could have gotten a job. Teaching at one of the universities or other positions, you know, and make sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Or number two, I could jump back in the entrepreneurial game with no guarantees. Now hear me clearly, but no ceiling. With the debt that I had from that business loss, business failure, if you will, the math didn't work. If I made sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. I, we would never see the light of day as a family. To raise three kids, to just have a minimal kind of existence and repay on that debt, it would have never worked. I, I could have been 99 years old and still trying to, to take care of that because the debt was that great. So I made that choice immediately. I made that decision in a nanosecond. And I took full responsibility for the debts the business had. I had two dear friends with me, too, who had invested in the business. They already lost what they had invested, but I sure didn't go after them for the remaining debt. I mean, theoretically I could have, I didn't do that. It was my decisions that got us in that position. I took responsibility for that. And so I just started in a new direction to walk it out. Took longer than I thought. Yes. Am I, do I have any regrets about the choices I made? no, not at all. And if we go back a little further, do I regret ever getting into that business where I failed so miserably financially? No, See, I don't even regret that. In Joanne's new book that she's got coming out, she talks about that and she's saying we couldn't be where we are today had we not gone through that. What happened if if we had been successful in that, we would have figured out that success was what we were doing there and it was a very different kind of business model than what we're doing today. I would hate to be trapped in that kind of bricks and mortar business that we had back then. The fact that that was not successful forced me to look at some new options, opened my eyes to the kind of things that we're doing today and opened our eyes to a pathway to success that is so far supersedes what we ever experienced before. Would we want to go back? No, no. So, you know, be careful how you frame the word failure. It's probably just part of your learning experience. It's probably not really a failure. It's probably a valuable part of your learning experience, which is the way this typically works. Just hold your head high, but draw a line in the sand. Don't continue if it's not making sense. Draw a line in the sand, move on. Dave says, Dan, thanks for all you do. I wanted to let you know about my new book pictures of jesus which is based on my speaking and speed painting presentation by the same name i created it because so many people come to me at the presentation and say i wish so and so had seen this i figured this will bless a lot of people give me another income stream the kindle version of pictures of jesus is free right now um i went full-time in my speaking ministry and may i have been pretty busy i still have ways to go to sustainability anyway i've got a couple sources for you Dave, doing this speed painting of Jesus. That's become a pretty popular thing. Probably the best known name in that space is Mike Lewis. And if you go to JesusPainter.com, that's who you'll see. But at JesusPainter.com, they represent a number of Jesus painters. So it's almost like a, a booking agency or speaking agency. If you're one of those who can do that, link arms with five or six others who are doing that, and you can share The uh, the referrals you can share opportunities that you all are getting be a great way to do that. Incidentally, you know, incidentally, a lot of people do this and they just think that's part of their ministry and they hope that somehow God pays the mortgage payment. Again, you know that I'm more strategic. Even if you're doing something that you consider ministry, I'm more strategic about figuring out where's the money going to come from, so you don't embarrass yourself with this, but you can take care of the responsibilities that you have mike when mike does that he sells the original that he does in this speed painting thing he sells the original for thousands of dollars right on the spot somebody's gonna go home with that and then he takes orders for the jaclay prints of that very same painting as well I mean, he's got a real economic model connected with it no question about it my friend scott steerman who is the sculptor who did athena the bronze eagle that we have just outside of my office here. He does a presentation that is just breathtaking. He sculpts the bust of Jesus in a 35-minute presentation with music and video clips and talking through that. But it is so spellbinding. And I, I love what he's doing with that. And again, has ways to monetize that. Anyway, great. I commend you on what you're doing. Sounds great. Andrew says, my question is, define doubling your income in six months. Now, this is based on the fact that I mentioned, this has been quite some time ago, I mentioned the challenge of doubling your income in six months by listening or reading to positive things 30 minutes a day. I put that out as a challenge, had a whole lot of people take me up on that and got some really exciting stories out of that as well. But Andrew says, define doubling your income in six months. For example, if I made $50,000 in a year, would making $25,000 in that six months count because it would be fifty thousand by year's end, or would you consider it to be fifty thousand to be the goal for that six months window? I'm trying to understand where I should set my goals and accept the challenge okay here's the deal, Andrew. I mean making twenty five thousand extra in that six months if you make fifty thousand annually would certainly qualify because you're on your way to totally doubling in that twelve month period. but set a high goal and then celebrate any increase. I really don't care how how you define it. I I don't want to just, I'm not just blowing you off here, but my goodness, if if you say that you want to double your income in that six months and you've done half of that and you're on a path to double it in a 12 month period, yes, that absolutely would qualify. You know, if you're making $50,000 now, you set a a goal to double your income in 2016. Now here's kind of how this plays out and where a lot of people get frustrated with this, but Let's say that you're making $50,000 now, 2015, and you set a goal to double your income in 2016, but by December 20th, you realize you're not going to hit $100,000. You're only going to hit $80,000. Have you failed? I don't think so. That's how I view goals so differently. I set big goals where I have about a 50-50 chance of ever hitting them, but I celebrate the increase. So if, if you move from 50 to 80,000, you don't hit 100, golly, to me, that's a home run. Yeah, I, I would celebrate that. There's nothing, nothing related to failure in that equation at all. You have succeeded. You know, success is the progressive realization of worthwhile goals. Now, I work with a lot of people who'd set big goals. I'm working with a gentleman right now. He's a physician. He has a clinic. It's a very specialty clinic. It's a pain clinic. He's making about $100,000 a month now. His goal, his stated goal, is to get to where he's making a million dollars a month. I like working with people who have big goals like that. There again, what if we got him to where he went from $100,000 a month to $800,000 a month? Are we going to hang our heads in shame because he didn't hit the million dollars a month? I don't think so. That increase is going to be pretty awesome to celebrate. And that's the way that we look at it. Well, let me grab a few more here. Dave says, is my niche too small? I've been an accidental entrepreneur a few times now, starting at 23 and a few more times since then things got rough. And I went back to work in call center sales management. I decided to get into it about five years ago. I was a bit of a late starter, but I made it work, never going backward financially. So he's been an IT writer. Here's my question since I'm so specific, entry to mid level IT workers, he wants to create information products like he hears me talk about. Is my niche too small? I want to follow the model you've laid out, offering ebooks, courses, and maybe other coaching. I've been a bit resistant to coaching because I don't want to be just another coach. I'm not in it just for the money, but I want to get a return on my time. I'm looking at the 48 days, 48 steps to writing a book. Also, can you give any additional advice? And I know you get this a lot, but thank you for your podcast, your books. They've made a great difference in my life. Well, Dave, thanks for your question and your comments. No, your niche is not too small. I mean, what you identify as your target audience entry to mid-level IT workers, information technology workers. My gosh, there's probably millions of people in that right here in the United States. Entry to mid-level IT workers. So that's a very, very big audience. So your niche is certainly not too small. Now, I want to I challenge you a little bit here, though. Don't be so hesitant about making money. Don't be apologetic about making money. I mean, we hear the old cliche sometimes, do what you love and the money will follow. I mean Marcia Sinatar wrote a book by that title. My gosh, that was back in the early 70s, I think, or something, a long time ago. Do what you love and the money will follow. And I know that I've said that here and there as well, but really I want to change the last four words. And this is developed in Lewis Schiff's book, Business Brilliant. Lewis is one of the editors of Inc. magazine, just a really smart guy. But he says, Do what you love. Now I'll read the I'll read the, the original first. And then we're going to change the last four words. Do what you love and the money will follow. Change that. Do what you love and follow the money. So yes, do what you love, but then be smart about how that's going to turn into money. Be proud of how that's going to turn into money. When people give you money, that's what um, my, my friend Rabbi Daniel Lappin says. They give you certificates of appreciation because obviously they wanted what you had enough to give you those certificates of appreciation. So don't apologize for that. Make a clear plan for doing that and everybody will benefit. Daniel says, I'm trying to pick a new career. I have lots of areas of interest. I'm having trouble narrowing down. Several people have suggested that I take an aptitude test. Do you think they are worthwhile? Do you have any that you particularly recommend? Well, here's how I view aptitude test, personality test, all those kind of things we've got out there. I love them. I love them. But now keep in mind, a computerized inventory is never enough to make a good career decision. They're based too much on averages that don't take into account your unique characteristics, but by all means, use them as part of the process. The more of those you can get your hands on, the more of those you can have access to, the better it, you can be at kind of drawing that map of your life. So we use the DISC. You hear me talk about that. A lot of people are familiar with the Myers-Briggs. Predictive Index is a hot one. There's a new one called the Fascination Inventory. There's one that somebody asked me about yesterday, Emotional Intelligence Appraisal Test. Again, take them all. Get access to as many as you can. I mean that there's a lot of things available online some of them are really not well thought out they don't have reliability and validity studies behind them but that's okay again take any of them with a grain of salt but yeah absolutely take those to help you in the process but then add your own unique individuality to it before you make any decision here here's an example i mean you can take the disc with us and it's going to come back with suggested list of careers for the most part, those come right out of the dictionary of occupational titles. That means you're going to have on there teacher, plumber, electrician, you know, doctor, lawyer. When you hear me talk about the kind of things that, well, I just, I just mentioned Scott Stearman who sculpts in bronze. You're not going to see on there in a list of suggested careers, gee, why don't you be a sculptor? The gal who did Aristotle, the big, magnificent carving in a cedar tree that we have here with another eagle. You're not going to see on that list. You ought to be a wood carver. Not a chance. You know, the guys that were just here, you know, doing the landscaping, you know, they also do water features. They keep me up there getting ready to do a a carport. You're not going to see things like that on a dictionary of occupational titles list. And yet it may be a very fitting career direction for you. So use the inventories as part of the process adrian says you always speak of finding your passion for a long time i didn't know what it was it was asking myself what could i spend hours doing what do i love finally it hit me i love genealogy i find myself on websites like ancestry.com for hours at a time researching my family tree if i had a dream job right now it would be to work with dr henry louis gates jr who does the finding your roots program i'm african-american and some of our records can be difficult to find, but I found third great-grandparents on both sides of the family, even a relative who fought in the Civil War. I love the challenge of digging through information and connecting the dots. With all this said, can I turn this into a business? Thanks for all you do. Yes, yeah, you certainly can. You know what? Let me, let me read another one here. I'm going to group one more, and then we'll do kind of a wrap-up. This comes from Max. This says, uh, your podcast is inspiring. It's forced me to revisit a dream that I considered giving up on. I'm 28 years old and a Nissan and ASE master technician for the last five years. I've been studying engineering at night. and will have a bachelor's in mechanical engineering soon. I've always been very passionate about cars, specifically racing them. While I realize that I probably won't become a successful racing driver. I do have the skills and passion required for other racing related jobs. I have a family and think that taking a stable engineering job would be best for them. Should I save racing for a hobby later or pursue it as a career? A regular automotive engineering job would be great too, but might require moving across the country. I want to be passionate about my career, but also do the responsible thing for my family. Oh my gosh. We, we could talk about that for a long time. Yes. Do both. Don't choose between doing something you're passionate about or being responsible. I find a whole lot of people who got trapped in thinking they were being responsible and they've blunted, they've buried their greatest assets and talents only to birth them later in life. And then wonder why they didn't do that 30 years prior. Okay. So we've got somebody that's interested in genealogy here, somebody interested in racing, but he's not sure that he's good enough to be a racing car driver. A couple of years ago, I wrote a blog and I titled it I'm good, but not great. And I talked about David Foster the musical producer. I saw him interviewed. And as the host asked him about his early years in music, one response just really grabbed me. David said he loved music as a child and his parents allowed him to take lessons in classical music. But he said, I was good, but not great. He went on to explain that if he had been a better musician, he would likely have ended up as an anonymous face in some orchestra, not being great forced him to look for other ways to be involved in music. So he writes and produces for other musicians. So, you know, some of the songs we're well-connected with, you know, come through the voices of Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand, Andrea Bocelli, Josh Groban, Whitney Houston, Madonna, Michael Bublé, Boss Skaggs, on and on and on. I mean, his fame and fortune has far surpassed what he could have possibly hoped for as a great musician. Now, that's a really important point. If you're drawn to something Don't think that you need to be in the most common form of application of that. There may be something just adjacent to that. Now, you may not be a great computer programmer. You may become licensed as a massage therapist. So you address all those tight muscles that computer programmers get because they're hunched over the computer 10 hours a day. Look for things that are just aside. Ray Rizzo is a friend of mine from here in Nashville. Ray loves auto racing but his background is as a pastor. He decided he wanted to be involved in auto racing. So he is now a chaplain, very respected, very well-known chaplain, Motor Racing Outreach Association. That's what he does. He travels around to auto and motorcycle races. He's available as a chaplain. He's figured out a way to make that work. I mean, how stinking cool is that? Well, hey, lots more. Thanks for your questions. Again, you can submit your question. Just go to the 48days.com site, click on ask Dan link, and you'll see there where you can submit your question. Remember, if you haven't written it down, I gave you a cool discount code to see us at Shawshank, escaping Shawshank. It's going to be mind blowing for all of us. I mean, I'm going to be transformed as a result of being there. I love these experiences. Take a fresh look at, you know, what's holding me back. And what can I do to break through that and go to higher levels of success? Remember, fear will kill your dreams. Consult not your fears, but your hopes and your dreams. Hey, thanks for being part of this amazing community of people who in fact know they can find or create work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable. Stuck in the J-O-B can
0: someone set me free? I've had enough of this This life is meaningless These hours don't pay enough This work is just so tough I need to get away The clock is ticking So don't delay It's gonna take whole heart It's gonna take all you've got To make the future